Adriano Celentano said he wrote the song and performed it using an angry tone to make a point that people don't communicate. The lyrics were so nonsensical, he never even wrote them down. Gibberish lyrics, point made, but there's even more to this. It's actually an art form that dates back to medieval Italy. Today on Stories and Strategies. How lyrical nonsense makes sense for human dignity in organizations. My name is Doug Downs. My guest today is Professor Simone Ticale, joining us today from Verona, Italy. Hi, Doug. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. And Professor, you are in Verona, home to Romeo and Juliet, of course. How are things in Verona today? Pretty good. In fact, I just drove from, from Paris uh, last week. Uh, it was a beautiful 10 hours drive through the south of France, uh, the Alps. I really like this place, to be honest. And yes, it's Roman and Juliet home. It's also my hometown, so I guess I'm biased, but it's a nice corner of the world. Professor Decale, you have a PhD in management and business ethics from the University of Virginia Darden Graduate School of Business Administration. You have over 20 years experience in research, teaching, and consultancy on business ethics, corporate social responsibility, sustainability management and reporting, and stakeholder theory. You've taught courses in these fields to corporate executives and MBA students in Italy, France, Switzerland, Ireland, Germany, Austria, Vietnam, and the United States. And currently, you are an associate professor of business ethics and strategy at the prestigious Yezig School of Management in Paris, France. This art form of speaking gibberish, known as gramolot in English, in French, of course, it's gramolo, but it's, it's a fake word, so it, it kind of doesn't matter how you pronounce it. Uh, it's been used in dramatic art forms such as Comedia dell'arte for centuries. What is... Commedia dell'arte, how and when did it form? Right, yeah, Commedia dell'arte is from from Italy and it was a very famous and successful form of theatre that flourished in Italy, but not, not only in Italy, across Europe in the 16th century, based on the mask, the mask types, the character. Uh, probably the most famous one is Arlecchino, Harlequin, the, the clever servant who is like the guy at the bottom of the social uh, scale in society. So there is a mix of desperation for this condition, social condition that doesn't change, but he brings this uh, creativity and his own uh, uh, smart. He's a clever guy and a smart kind of subversion on stage. So he became a very popular character and, and 
and and probably like someone say a champion of the hope of revolution for for the popular masses in in the renaissance uh, the, the term commedia dell'arte means basically uh, co comedy of the artist or comedy of the professions and this is because it was really uh, characterizing uh, an emerging uh, professional artist and and to distinguish this from from the amateurs so it's an early form of, of professional theater. So it's an early form of organizing, if you want. And that's why, from uh, from organizational point of view, we think it was interesting to study this particular form of theater for modern management as well. You co-authored a paper published in the Journal of Business Ethics, along with Professor Ed Freeman and Bidan Parmar from Darden, and a professional comedian dell'arte actor, your brother, Leonardo De Colle. Within it, you position that creative arts, so music, literature, cinema, theater, that they can offer insights to organizational theory and management education, particularly in regard to promoting human dignity. Let's begin with breaking down the interpretation of human dignity in this case, and why should organizations care about that? Yeah, so, yes, in this article, we start talking about this concept of, of dignity and we, we talk about a broad conception of, of dignity as treating each other with human dignity means to recognizing and honoring the full complexity of, of the human person. So it really means how we treat each other. Uh, you can see in the literature uh, how the, the, the concept of dignity is typically connected with the, the humanity in a holistic sense. So to treat someone with dignity means to treat someone not just as a purely economic or purely political being, but treating someone uh, as a fully human, capable of, of body, mind, spirit, emotion. So all the categories that we basically recognize to, to a full human person. Uh, the creative arts, of course, can be very important to talk about humanity and also to talk about humanity in, in organization. Uh, our point is basically that we can raise, and if we can raise the manager awareness of the importance of human dignity uh, in the way we deal with, with people or with stakeholders in organization, uh, we can actually help managers to, to make better decisions and to run organization in a, in a more uh, efficient and fair way, I would say. The organization should care because the more they are able to help people, the more they're going to want to work for the organization. Am I adding that up right? And also, not only inside, right, but also with all the stakeholders like clients, suppliers, community, the government, even with competitors, all the stakeholders that at the end are important to be considered. And and and, and the, when we make decision in business, of course, we are we are affecting or or we can affect other stakeholders. Okay. Comedia dell'arte is about improvisation. This is improv. Organizations today are all about values, ethics, return on investment. You're advocating kind of a breaking of the rules here. Improv seems to move away from staying to script, which is what organizations are really all about. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, of course, is not a new, a new idea. So improvisation, it's has been already analyzed in, in organizational studies in terms of the kind of benefits that improvisation can bring to organizations. Uh, we, we, re, we talk about improvisation as intuition, as acting, enabling imaginative thinking, acting before thinking. And sometimes people talk about uh, 
act in order to think. So why is important in organization? It's important because it can bring benefits like improving flexibility, improving, improving ability of people to innovate, and also the ability of managers to uh, think creatively and to adjust and, and to, to change. So this is not a new idea. Uh, what I think we are putting uh, as a new concept here is the idea that uh, looking at the particular characteristic of Commedia dell'arte, we can see a special form of improvisation which can be uh, which, which can can give some other insights in, in the way we think about organization and the way we think about human being within organizations. And Commedia dell'arte did have kind of a, a sketch or an outline uh, of things that it followed typically. There are five key traits. What are they and how does this lend to human dignity in organizations? Right. So, well, improvisation is a built-in characteristic, one of these five key traits of, of Commedia dell'arte. Uh, the form of improvisation that you find in Commedia dell'arte are the, the jokes, the, the lazzi, so-called, so improvised jokes. And these were done both for the for entertaining, of course, the audience, and at the same time to show the skills and the virtuosity of the actors. The other four key traits of Commedia dell'arte are, are, of course, the use of the mask. So there are five different uh, uh, key characters in the, in the classic Commedia dell'arte uh, with Arlecchino. And, and there are interesting um, aspects of playing within the mask. The other three elements are no written script. So the, the players don't, don't read or act a script, but they enact as a plot, a scenario, what we call a canovaccio in Commedia dell'arte. So it's a description of, of a scene or a description of a plot. Fourth, there is no formal director. Uh, the Commedia dell'arte is a, is a company led by a capo comico, so by a leading actor, so a leading among the peers. And finally, there is uh, this idea of the company, which was the first time where artistic and commercial purpose uh, go hand in hand. So the, the artist as a profession, uh, a professional player, and also creating the, the show and selling the show through through the, the places and the squares of Italy and, and Europe. So I want to say something about the mask, which is one of the key, of course, trait of the Commedia dell'arte, because what I think is interesting and maybe counterintuitive is that even if the actor is playing behind the mask, and, and the mask is a fixed character with some uh, well-defined physical and 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 and, and other characteristic on on this on the stay on stage. At the same time, the actor has to bring uh, her or his own uh, personality, creativity, and emotion to to fill the shell to make the mask alive. And so it's like a paradox. It's a fixed uh, character, but every every actor makes the character their own, a personal, a personal uh, interpretation. And that's, I think, is an interesting metaphor if we think about modern organization and and the roles of the manager. And when we we think about the manager who has to to fill the role, it means you have to have the same freedom to express your own creativity and personality like an actor in the Commedia dell'arte. That's the only way to make your role successful, your character successful, filling the shell of the managerial role with their full humanity, and that's why we think dignity is important there. Fascinating. Uh, Commedia dell'arte, Gramolot, specifically as an art form, even Charlie Chaplin, the silent movie star, performed a kind of Gramolot 
1936 film Modern Times. It marks the first of Chaplin's movies in which his voice is heard. In this scene, Chaplin has written the lyrics of the song he, in he intends to sing on the cuff of his shirt, and he loses the lyrics just as his song is about to start. So slapstick stuff. So he has to, he has to make up the words, and he does that a little bit in Italian, a little bit in French, and none of the words make any sense. La spinage au la bouchon, cigarette de pote bello, si raquiche bacaletto, tu le tout la tilatoua. Modern Times, distributed originally by United Artists and then re-released in 1972 by Classic Entertainment. In the show notes, we've also provided a link to a YouTube example from Dario Fo. I hope I've pronounced that right. That's right. Um, which you really have to see to appreciate. What, what was Dario Fo doing? This is Gramolot to a T, and this is him in the 1970s performing it. What, what was that like? Well, it's very similar to what we, we hear by, by Charlie Chaplin example. So it's pretending to, to convey the, the, the character, really, of an expert in a technocrat in that kind of example. And he says, you know, to an Italian audience, to, to, to speak in a technocrat uh, language, you put inside, inside of it this German, but also English sound. And are, there are just sounds, of course, there are no words there. But it, it makes a perfect impression to an Italian audience. So you can really adapt the grammar, actually, with the audience in mind. You know, it's more effective when you do it in the way that you know will, will, would resonate with the audience on language. So that's a very interesting aspect because it, I think I want to say something about this later. It's improvisation, but what are the skills that you need to do a good improvisation? Well, what does it say to how we as an audience, receive and remember a message or the words. I mean, we as comms pros, we live in a world of key messages and we will sit together and we will wrestle to come up with the perfect key message and we'll spend hours coming up with the perfectly scripted key message. We, we live in a world of data analysis. My goodness, PowerPoint slides, meeting agendas, minutes, annual reports, business plans, facts. These are the tried and true by the book, whatever that book happens to be, approach. I don't see a lot of room for these in the idea of following Gramolot or Commedia dell'arte. I, I see much more improv and audiences that actually do kind of get the message, despite the fact it's gibberish and it's improvised. Yeah, of, of course, you know, when we think about organization and what could help organization or managers to do to bet, to do to do better their job, uh, I think uh, we are saying it's not an either or question. It's not either we need more rules uh, or we need improvisation. Sometimes we have this conversation about compliance or values-based action, ethics or compliance. Uh, I think we need both. Uh, and and what, we, what we need is actually to, to help managers and to help people in organization to embrace a managerial mindset that uh, we talk about this in, in stakeholder theory as, as a way which is both listening to the audience or, or to the external stakeholders and trying to, to skip or to dissolve these false dichotomies between business and ethics, for example, or you know, profit or purpose, shareholder or stakeholders. 
you know, full humanity, full human beings. We do care about money, but we also care about fairness and we care about uh, the way we treat each other. So in organization, I think we need both these aspects. There's another link in the show notes. It's to a slide deck from a presentation that you've given in which you have something you call the grammar of improvisation. Walk me through that and its applications for business. Yeah, the idea of, of a grammar for improvisation, again, if we look at where improvisation is really established, and, and for example, in music, uh, we, we, do, we do understand that you know, to do a good improvisation, we do need some prior knowledge and some skills. So if we look at a piano improvisation, of course, what we, knew, we, we do need to know how to play the piano, of course, but also we, we do need this kind of knowledge about musical convention to to walk through even different uh, musical styles and to get understood by our audience. The same in theater, it's about language, of course. So the main skills is how to use the language and grammar law, huh, to go back to grammar law, is, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult skill. We need to do it knowing who, who is listening to us. And, and so we need to have this kind of knowledge about language conventions in the local, huh, in the local audience we are practicing it. Uh, if we think about organization, uh, what 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 are the, the skills that we need here? So maybe you know what what we are saying in this paper is that a new skill or a better skill that we would like to see much more uh, uh, cultivated and and practiced in organization is this humanistic approach to management and this recognition of human beings as, as a full uh, full person with, with complex motivation and, 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 and dignity. And so that's the kind of moral convention that we need to establish inside organization to enable managers to have more meaningful conversations within business and with their stakeholder of different organization about the organization purpose, which includes both business and human values. I love this. Um, would you mind if we thanked each other um... I, I want to thank you for your time, but I want to do so in Gramalot. So I'm going to give that a shot if that's okay. English. I love this. Thank you so much for your time. It was great, Doug. Nice talking to you. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Write it in English or Italian or French. Um, no grammar lot. Professor Simone Decolle, you can email him at s.decolle at ieseg.fr. And we do have that email address in the show notes. If you liked what you heard today, we're hoping you choose to subscribe to Stories and Strategies and receive updated episodes automatically. We would love it if you followed us on Twitter, where Gramalot is perfectly acceptable. In fact, it might be better. Uh, at comms underscore podcast. We're also hoping you choose to follow and rate this podcast on any directory you're listening on. And would you do us a favor? Recommend this podcast to one friend. If you have an idea for an episode or you just want to tell us something, send us a note at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.